Starbeams Audio. Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzone. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, it's a show about weirdos, doggone it. My name is John Boy, it is John Boy time, I'm afraid. I am your host, John Francis Fahey. Joining me as ever, the exhaustively handsome... Aaron Joseph Peter. Dude, I'm so tired just hearing about how handsome I am. I know, I know, I know. It's not like I'm not tired of hearing it. I'm tired from hearing it. Yeah. Like, oh, I you see. Keep like, saying it. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. okay but it's okay, just, sure. it does take a lot out of you. It's burden. It's yeah. burden. Yeah. You carry it. Yeah. It's, you carry it. It's a Chris Burden. You know, yeah. science has failed. He's Sign- his life. <laughs> and looks kill. Uh, uh, oh, true, true. Um, to your right, my left. Yep. The Frenchman Henchman. Yep. Cape Cod, Gabe God. Hello. Panama Jacques. Handsome Matt Brousseau. Panama <laughs> Jacques? Yeah, because your hat. Uh-huh. The goal of this Oh, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. I had that hat on again. The Quebecois with a certain je ne sais quoi. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I would like to say uh, up top, um, we still have uh, the, uh, off top, um, the sale is still going on for the shirts at the Etsy store. Buy them. Uh, uh, yeah, I think we sold like eight in the last week or something. Jesse told me. Um, so those prices, man, they're moving them out. Yeah, uh, and I think, them. and I think um, maybe when they're gone, we'll just start over and do some new designs. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. A good refresh. Yeah, you can give the, give the people what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. also, um, not in our Etsy store, but it is in um, the Graveyard Shift screen printing or Graveyard Shift shirts Etsy store. Um, there is uh, the profiles adjacent. Um, Designed by Dark Rose Dallas, uh, the Gator and the Rascal Scooter mm-hmm. from one of our cartoons. Oh, right. very And nice. it's a Florida shirt. So if you want to rep Florida, nothing better than a Gator and a Rascal Scooter. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so check check out their, their shit. They got a bunch of good stuff. Uh, Joe still hasn't made um, the Dodger shirt I really want. Um, Which is? It's a swamp thing you wouldn't understand. I think it's maybe the best shirt idea ever. It's very good. It's very, very good. It's very good. <laughs> it's a swamp thing. <laughs> I have like I've been hearing about this like this idea for a shirt for you know pretty much like a decade. So in my head, for some reason, it's an orange shirt with green ink. Okay. And I don't like kind of like a cactus. I, I don't know thing. why that was like. I mean, who the fuck wears an orange shirt? It's a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of Nickelodeon color scheme. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, Slime. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, that's what I wanted to say up front. Uh, uh, okay. Check us out on Patreon. Uh, an extra episode per week, um, $5 a month. Um, we um, we did uh, our our, uh, our music program, Matt, you and I, last week. And then uh, before, we before that, we had that real fun uh, time with Radisson Zaharyev. Mm-hmm. And before that, we had that real fun time with the three of us talking about uh, these doo-doo eaters. Doo-doo oh, eaters they ate all the doo Yeah. Yeah. Which that, was, be, that was a real good time. We'll be doing a lot more of that. Um, <laughs> before we start, I want to give a shout-out to... Uh, uh, a couple people. One GMT. Hope you're doing well. Um, and also uh, to uh, to Skip, who uh, uh, Skip. I hope you're feeling better. Oh, is he? Was he done and out? Yeah, he was a little sick. But no, yeah, poor oh guy. God, I hope but you're okay. uh, you know, I really do. Good folks. Very, very, very good people. We got to we got to get on that Discord thing too about yes. answering questions. Yes, man. we got to mm-hmm. do that for the next Patreon. I love answering questions. I love being interviewed, <clears throat> interrogated thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Now, Matt, um, I understand you have uh, some... I've got a little something, guys. Uh, here's a real American original. Someone who uh, was bigger than Babe Ruth and the Wright brothers. What? In various brief moments. Uh-huh. And is totally forgotten 
in history. I love that. And uh, most of this comes from the main source here is uh, Zigzag and Swirlball by uh, Lyle Henry. Liel? Liel Henry? Liel Jr.? and what? Swirl. Zigzag and swirl. That'll make sense uh, in about an hour and a half. Nice tease. Yeah. Uh, but first, we go back to I 18... Can wait. You will. <laughs> we go back to 1869, the year of the golden spike in America. Ooh. That is the connection of the Transcontinental Railroad. Mm-hmm. At, uh, not long after the Civil War. It was born a Continental Railroad. Mm-hmm. Now, this man, despite this, he was born March 24th in London, England, and then moved to Toronto three weeks later, or Ontario, Canada, I don't know where, and, uh, and then uh, uh, would... Uh, Probably would, London, Ontario. <laughs> a few years later, the family would move to Detroit, where he would, uh, he would spend the rest of his life as an American citizen in America, as far as I know, uh, never leaving. And uh, his name is Alfred Lawson. Uh-huh. He went by Alf as a kid. Cool. Yeah. Did he eat cats? Huh? Probably not. His family was okay. They they made some money. Okay. Uh, one of nine children. Alf ate cats. Yes. Mm. Alf stands for alien life form. Right. Yeah. This was this is short for Alfred. This guy's just from Canada. Yeah. He's not from Melmac. He's from London. It means an alien. Yeah, it's true. London, England. London, England. London, England. <laughs> and uh, most of what we know. About the first 39 years of Alfred Lawson's life, we know from his play, The Childhood Days of Alfred Lawson. Ah. By him? Which he wrote when he was 74. Oh. Oh, boy, no. That probably took no poetic license there, didn't it? Oh. It's pure, per- it's pure perfect. Just, just you wait. Okay. Um, he made some fabulous claims in that, saying that his dad went to Oxford and was an uh, inventor of an electrical steam engine. Uh, there's no record of uh, him an going to Oxford. An electrical steam engine? Yes. Uh, it was a different time. It was way ahead of his time. Yeah. <laughs> and also uh, uh, built a, uh, tried to build a perpetual motion machine at home. Cool. That I can get behind. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, as a kid, he, uh, he, uh, his, dad, his dad ran a one-man factory for weaving rag carpets in Detroit. You can only imagine plenty of rags back then, so you need to carpet them. Ugh. Yeah. Well, okay. And, Thank you uh, for that. As a kid, young Alf, he, uh, he was a newsboy, a bootblack, a chief mechanic. Again, this is all according to him. Right. A chief mechanic at a carpet factory, probably his dad's. Furniture painter, st- stave maker. Staves are the parts of barrels. Aha. Bellhop, blacksmith assistant, farmhand, door-to-door sewing machine salesman. And according to Alfred Lawson, all of this work built his body up, quote, so that at the age of 15, he was like a young racehorse and was more powerful in muscular development than most men. Oh, so God. Yeah. That's so much sinew. Yeah. Mm. All that selling and staving making. Uh. The striations. Yeah. Pretty hot. Mm? That's nice. Yeah. I like, I like I've been looking around these sewing machines. <laughs> <laughs> and according to also to Lawson, uh, quote, he lived upon nature's best products, fresh air, raw foods, pure water. He ate no meat, drank no booze, and smoked no dope. He lived a clean, natural life in every way. Thus, he developed a powerful body of marvelous dexterity. Wow. I think we can all relate to that. Oh. The last part, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, 15? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The pump is my only drug. The pump. (laughs) The pump. Shortly before, at age 12, a few years earlier, um, he uh, had run away from home because he was punished for something he didn't do. Uh, and then uh, his parents, uh, and he he just traveled around the United States on these new railroads for two years. 
We know what happens there. <laughs> and then, but no, he, could probably, he could probably bear hug guys in the submission yeah. by that point. Yeah. <laughs> no, there wasn't. There, there was, there, the, the railroads were too new for all the raping back then. Oh, yeah, okay. They hadn't even figured that they had, out. They yet, had yeah. um, dedicated rape cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, that'd That's be, in that'd the caboose, pal. Yeah, it took, them, it took them a while to figure out, hey, do you know you can get on these and... <laughs> Just do whatever you just want. Just meet a guy and make you him got a stick your property. With a, with a polka dot handkerchief on the end and a can of sardines. You do whatever you want. You don't even need the sardines. No. You, it's just for fun. Yeah. yeah. The guys with the least morals, like traveling at the highest speeds <laughs> throughout the country. I think I think things haven't changed. Yeah. yeah. Now it's just a private jet. Yeah. 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 That's, a, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> So when he when he's 15 or so, he returns to Detroit, and he enrolls in an industrial school, and he works at a factory. And uh, at school, he gets in a lot of fights, he says, and according to him, he also uh, resolves disputes among his classmates. And this is a quote from him. He was so thoroughly loved and respected by the members of all classes that his decisions were invariably accepted without argument. Oh, God. But he was in getting in fights. Yeah. Peacemaker, but I got into a lot of fights, yeah. And I kicked the shit out of all of them, too. <laughs> and they, they agreed with it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, maybe that's what he means. Maybe Did he beat write him up. it when he was 15? <laughs> he wrote yeah. it when he was 17. After he fucking ransacked them, they're like, yeah, you're right. They all agree with me, see? And uh, at the factory, presumably, he begins to play baseball. Because that's how a lot of people played baseball back then. In a factory? Yes. Shoeless Joe, for instance. Uh. Like just out back or something? No, the factories would have their own teams. Yeah. And they'd be, oh, it'd be like a lunch it. thing yeah, and you'd play. And yeah. it was a thing to do it's to keep like them prison. from, uh, you know. Uh, revolting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tire them out. Yeah. Bore them. Yeah. Bore yeah. <laughs> them. I mean, uh, no, back then, baseball was more was exciting than anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All they had yeah. was a yeah. hoop with a stick. Somebody was going, like, hey, why does Joe Jackson have no shoes? And they're like, hey, let's play ball. We'll answer that later. Does that really come up? No, no, no. He only had, that was because in, in one game he got a pair of new shoes, ah. but they were not broken in and too tight, so he decided to go shoeless in a game. Oh. Yeah. So that's okay. why. It's not like he was. Well, I like to make it a class thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you, so anyway. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, at, at age 18, apparently, apparently he gets pretty good at baseball because at age 18 he rides a freight train into Frankfurt, Indiana. This is 1887, and he just shows up and offers to pitch for a team for a meal, and he pitches so well, he holds a professional, what a professional back then, it's, you know, they're in some league, they're being paid. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and he holds the team through no runs, through eight innings, and that night a manager signs him to a contract. And according to the Boston <laughs> Daily Globe... meals a day. Yeah, I mean, well, probably two, but... <laughs> Three squares and a bottle of bourbon. How about that? <laughs> uh, according to the Boston Daily Globe, which was an actual newspaper... Uh, a real newspaper. He uh, in in 1889 he pitches 35 games and he wins 33. And in 1890 he moves to a different club in Willing- Will- Will- Wilmington, Delaware, and uh, he shows up in his first game there. They're so overjoyed to see him. Uh, they give him a bouquet at home plate, and he, then right. he pitches and loses. And this is now not his account. This is this is public record, as they would say. This is public record from a newspaper. Well, they, they all sucked back then. It's yeah, who yeah, does yeah. It, they don't say. Where this information came from, but it might have come from other newspapers, some teams. Rumor. Uh, Lawson himself. Yes. Mount Sinai. <laughs> Mount Sinai. And, uh, sorry, I don't know why I needed to add that. Uh, 
He, you know, over the course of two weeks with his team in Wilmington, Delaware, he pitches so poorly he's released. And somehow <laughs> he then talks his way, probably sending the Boston Daily Globe his stats, he talks his way into a contract with the Boston uh, – they're, they're not the Red Sox then. I meant to look that up. The, uh, the Boston baseball team. Yeah. The one Boston baseball team. It's kind of like what um, um, Washington was for a while. Right. We're, no. the, we're the Washington football I don't club. think they were the Braves yet. They, they might have been the Pilgrims or maybe even the Bean Eaters, which I think that came later. <sighs> Jesus. Creative folk. Yeah. Uh, so now he's in the big leagues. Or yeah. the, the big league. The big league. Right. And uh, he... Well, I'll just read the headline from the Boston Daily Globe um, about his appearance. Boston leaguers can get no lower. Lawson's a nice young man, but he couldn't pitch ball. Whoa. And he's immediately released. However, bright, uh, uh, a man of promotion, he does get this picture taken of him. Oh, God. Wearing the Boston jersey. Oh, he looks like every guy back then. Yeah. John, you think? Yes. Very good. It's like every guy back yeah, then. Yeah, very no, good. No, 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 pretty much. Yeah. And he's wearing like a, it's like a fucking Peter Pan tunic with Boston off the That road. was their jersey. How old was he when he moved from England? Uh, he was three weeks. Oh, okay, yeah. So he didn't have a fucking accent or anything like no, that. No, no, no. Uh, so then he moves from that. He spends the next, uh, the rest of 1890 managing a team. And uh, nothing really ever happens, except he uh, is credited with the first guy to sign 17-year-old John McGraw. Huh. And McGraw would be among uh, one of the great baseball players of the early years and would be in the second batch of people inducted in the Hall of Fame. Huh. And then Lawson's, he turns 21, and he creates a barnstorming baseball team, Al Lawson's American All-Stars. There's a, there's a fly. There's just really bright lights in here. There's a fly. Hopefully they get like There's a few it. of them, yeah. Yeah, there's really bright lights in here. Yeah. Plus yeah. a What's the movie set? Sorry. Yeah. Hollywood, baby. There's flies everywhere. Yeah. So he's 21 years old. He creates a barnstorming team, and uh, they traveled to Cuba, which, which uh, could be one of the first time an American baseball team travels to Cuba to, mm. to play baseball. 1890, you said? Uh, he's 21, so yeah, it'd be 1890. Or 1880. 18. Nope. Nope. No, 1890. You're yeah. correct. Yeah, he spends the rest of... 1890, yes. Yeah, around, a long time ago. I flipped the numbers. Um, and then he would spend the next 18 years working as a promoter in baseball for various teams, upstart baseball leagues, and uh, he would put this advertisement out in the paper. Um, hey, he looks like every guy at the time. <laughs> okay. And you can see it says, Al Lawson, magic man of baseball, makes dead territory come to life. Has organized 16 live leagues during a career as a magnet. A magnate. Magnate. Yes, not a you know, magnet. Magnet. Well, I mean, career as a magnet is pretty. Uh, That's not easy. Bombastic as well. Yeah, yeah. kind of like that. Ma yeah. Magnets will come up later. Oh, cool. How, how do they work? <laughs> well, that won't be explained. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. <laughs> nor would it ever. <laughs> <laughs> nor has it since. Nor will it ever be. <laughs> And uh, based on the wording of that advertisement, or, or whatever that was in the paper, um, you can only imagine who wrote it. Oh, yeah. He makes dead territory come to life. I think if you have to organize 16 leagues, that means some of them didn't survive. 
Yeah. Because you don't need 16 leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need just like a couple. He organized 16 right. in a row because <laughs> 15 and maybe 16 failed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lie comes out in the advertising. Like, yeah. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've been married 30 times. <laughs> There's no better There's no better husband than me. I'm the best. <laughs> Find somebody else Find, who's done yeah. as much. Yeah. <laughs> so. Try. So Go ahead. Go out there. He'll be it, back. In 1908, in 1908, he would get out of baseball and he would say that uh, he had been uh, very unhealthy. He had been drinking a lot and uh, oh, and it had been uh, you know he had been treating himself very poorly. He'd been eating meat. Oh, oh God! And uh, <laughs> and so 1908 is when he is 39 years old. And so this is soon the jumping off point of where we get. Knowledge of Lawson that isn't... This is the dawn of a new era. Yes. Man, I love that he was a real late bloomer. This is great. <laughs> yes. You know, most of these people are like, ah, by 16, I fucking climbed a mountain and killed my mom or whatever. <laughs> but this guy's like, I don't really get started till I was fucking 39. Other than the 16 weeks we started. <laughs> most, my mom. Most, most people are yeah, like, yeah, 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 16. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Birdman of Alcatraz went to prison at like 20. Yeah. You know, then, Famous, yeah. And he's he, he's well known. He is. Yeah. True. I'm saying it's nice to see a late bloomer on here. You know, much like us. So still waiting to bloom. <laughs> <laughs> so now Lawson, it'd be 1908, he'd get out of baseball. But in 1904, he would publish his first novel uh-huh. titled Born Again. And by 1907, three years later, there'd be nine editions printed, multiple languages in multiple countries. He would claim that, quote, many people consider it, quote, the greatest novel ever written. <sighs> A 1957 review of it, 1957, mind you, review of it called it, quote, one of the worst works of fiction ever printed. <laughs> yeah, many people consider it the best novel ever written. The illiterate. <laughs> There's many of them. The people, who, the people who hear it's the best novel ever Well, I hear that's the best novel ever written. Look how many of these people there are. Yeah, yeah who, a lot of them here. Who told them that, yeah. Um, now, it, it, it may be, but it... it Statistically, probably not. Because when he wrote it in 1904, there was the age of the utopian novel. And that's what Born Again was. And I'll cover this in, in, a, in, a, in a Patreon at some point. Lawson was piggybacking on a hot trend. Between 1888 and 1900, there are 160 books written under that theme of this new utopia. Mm-hmm. And it always had this similar type of, of, of feeling of... Uh, of here, there's someone. Someone has a, a a dream, or they end up in a scenario where some 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 wonderful person explains to them all the things wrong. They meet someone who's a genius from the future, or another land, or something, who explains all the things wrong with their society. Yes, and tells them if you only lived like our society, right? You know, you would have uh, wonderful success. All right. Um, That's also the thing you know, a lot of the, the huckster spiritualism is absolutely political, like, you know, absolutely. You know, this has been going on for years in uh, Egypt or whatever right. and like, you're like, okay. I, I believe I guess. I've never been. I, I would so never know. Like, yeah. I hear it's the best. <laughs> Many <laughs> yeah. people say it is. <laughs> Many people, yeah. A lot of people are saying it. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't believe. And Born Again tells a story of a man named John Convert. John Convert? Yes. <laughs> I, I knew you would enjoy that. Yeah, and the protagonist is um, Peter Apostate. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, the T-1000. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be very cool. His close. mother's Sarah yeah. Convert. <laughs> Sarah Convert. <laughs> Have you seen this? Pop? Come with me if you want to be born again. <laughs> Have you seen this apostate? <laughs> and uh, so Convert, he gets lost at sea, and he wakes up on a strange island. And there he uh, finds a, 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 a sleeping beautiful woman uh, oh. who he kisses, and she wakes up. Her name is Arletta. And she's of the ancient unknown race known as Sagemen. Uh-oh. Sagemen. Mm-hmm. Jewish fellas. And uh, she calls Convert an ape man. Ah. Uh. And then she spends a lot of time, a lot of the book, preaching to him and, like, doing that, like, uh, 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 you know, the, the Christmas carol thing of, like, showing him all the things that are awful in society. Ah. Uh-huh. But not How? Hi- Is she, like, a television or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, she, like, flies him around and stuff. Oh. And what? Well, she's part of the superior race. With her hair? Like, she can just fly? Or does she have, like, a... Yeah, man. I mean, dude, come on. We like comic books. Just go with it. I'm curious. curious. I'm curious. Is it it a ship or is it a power? It's It's a... It's a a hoverboard. You don't know. It's... it's, It's part. It's part of her uh, uh, understanding as the superior race of how to do something like this. So there is no technology, uh, or or at least visible. It's like they are just flying like yeah. under seemingly will. Imagine DMT was a person. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. It's like they're but so no, wise right. that they can just fly you around and be like, "Hey." Right, right. Part part of her lessons to him are things about kind of uh, 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 stuff that violates the natural law of the sageman. Oh. Um, uh, the 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 sagemen were cons- uh, encouraged. This is from uh, um, Henry. Uh, citizens were, were encouraged to provide the twenty four hours which they weren't working as follows: study for four hours, physical exercise two hours, music, painting, and other intellectual amusements three hours, nourishment three hours, and sleep eight hours. Men belong to the community and not the community to man. Simply the people and all people working harmoniously together as a unit. And then uh, from, uh, the, from Arletta, uh, um, uh, Convert learns that there are two great movers in nature, centrifugal and centripetal forces, which account for the eternal building up and tearing down of formations. The bodies of, an- of animate beings are instances of these ever-changing combinations. Were they, she didn't put out any time. How many hours a day of like psychic training? Well, she didn't. She was just telling him this stuff. Yeah, but she left out some very important stuff. Oh, what, what, do you, ha- what, do you, what do you mean? She said, you know, eight hours of sleeping, four hours for nourishment or whatever. Oh, I see. I want to know, where, where do you schedule in the psychic scanners stuff, you know? She's leaving some stuff Well, maybe out. she's, well, she's not. It doesn't sound like she's using it. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I feel like this lady's got some superpowers. Yeah, you're kind of making up your own story, man. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Sounds she's like- beating off that whole time. What do you know? Wait, what? Yeah. Which is a type of... of Master, uh, uh, mastery of the yeah, universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the, uh, the the sage men also lived under roof cities, lighted their houses by coating walls and ceilings with substances impregnated with sunlight. They listened to music through the air without the use of wa- with the out the use of wires from transmitting stations. Oh, nice! Okay. This is actually the idea of radio that has not been uh, invented yet. Uh, harnessing centripetal and centrifugal forces, they sought to free the earth from its orbit and navigate it through the heavens. Their ultimate plan, their quote, sorry, their Ultimate plans were to visit, inhabit, and control the movements of all the great bodies of the universe. All of them? Uh, but their world was destruct- destroyed in uh, um, a cataclysm, but not a, oh. not, a, not a great flood, but a cataclysm. Their world? Yes. Like, uh, like Krypton. Was it yes. an alien world? 
Uh, it was it, on Earth. Oh, there. Uh huh. Oh, so like the dinosaurs. Yeah, like Atlantis. A meteor. Yeah. Oh yeah, very nice. Yeah, very yeah, nice. similar. Yes, I guess they weren't so fucking, fucking dang sank. They weren't so fucking smart after all. Huh? No, no, they didn't see yeah. that coming. <laughs> Idiots. Uh, all the all the time sleeping. Yeah, not too much time for nourishment. So so. Uh, it's another in a long line of utopian novels, but uh, it, it uh, gives Lawson some ideas of some things that maybe he can. And also this idea of the there's something the, there, the great being and the, the person who needs the teaching. And that will mm-hmm. become important. OK. All right. I'm into that. You're taking a break. No, not yet. OK. Because in 1907, a year before he gets out of baseball, Lawson According to Lawson, he's in London, England. Not, you know, I don't know. London, England. <laughs> yeah, no, that one. Yeah. And he sees a dirigible fly over the city. Now that's a blimp, mm-hmm. John. And uh, <laughs> he said he was so inspired by, on it that he read everything he could about aeronomics, which was, you know, probably a pamphlet back then. Aeronomics. Mm-hmm. Yep. What about trickle down economics? <laughs> Did I say aeronautics? I'm yeah, sorry. Aeronautics. Yeah. Aeronomics would be <laughs> aeronomics. <laughs> Necronomics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, he would become, from uh, this this moment on, 1907 on, he would become uh, the most fervent proponent of the, quote, winged gospel. Ah. And so in 1908, is it a coincidence? July 1908, Glenn Curtis is awarded the American Scientific Trophy for his one-mile flight in Hammondsport, New York. September 1908, the Wright brothers keep their plane in the air for an hour twice in one day. Oh, so hot. In November, the first issue of Fly, the National Aeronautic Magazine, hits the magazine (laughs) newsstands, and Fly is Alfred Lawson's newest creation. Oh, Mm. get up there. (laughs) In one year, it has a 6,000 monthly circulation. Pretty good. He's 39 years old. Finally. And then he sells it. He moves to New York City. He creates a new magazine called Aircraft. And in a year, it has a monthly circulation of 14,000. Great. Good God. Yes. I mean, this is, this is the cat's meow type of stuff. Dude. Yes. You're defying, this guy knows what he's fucking you're doing. You're defying man. natural law. And this is uh, one of the covers of... Uh, airplanes. Yeah. This is one of the covers of Aircraft. The fuck is the guy doing up there? I think, this is the, I think this is like the third or fourth issue. Oh, that looks cool. And that looks it, cool. It, it shows... Uh, it shows a... Uh, uh, um, what in his mind is a, is a is almost a city of 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 planes. Flotilla. Um, and one day we'll all be up here. And we'll none all of, float yeah, up here. <laughs> none of them necessarily look like they should be flying, but you know it's a drawing, so they are. Yeah, they just figured it out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, he starts to use these magazines to promote aviation. And in 1909, he writes, a, a grand new era has just dawned upon the human race in which there are no insurmountable walls to stop man's everlasting march forward. Flying has absolutely no limitations, and progress along this line, once begun, will never end. Transportation is the most essential thing, essential thing in life. The ability to shift substance from one place to another is apparently nature's foremost purpose. In fact, judging from the work, working of workings of electrons, and on up to the greater bodies in space, moving things about appears to be nature's only aim. You gotta uh. get this stuff out of here. And get <laughs> yeah. that stuff over here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And remember that idea, because that's gonna become very important. It's honestly, like, not a bad summary. 
<laughs> no, it's an it's an interesting idea. Move this shit around. Yeah. Stuff's got to be moving. Mm-hmm. If you're not moving, I am just flying through the universe. <laughs> Look mm-hmm. at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, now that he has a magazine with a fourteen thousand monthly circulation, he also has plenty of room to roam. Nice in the with the written word. Mm-hmm. In his pages, he introduces uh, um, the um, quote ordinary mortal. In creating Ordinary Mortal, nature apparently made a serious blunder. <laughs> Should have put eyes in the back of his head instead of the front. This would save him the trouble of twisting his neck to see what is taking place in the rear, which he spends all of his time doing. Yeah, nature. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Yeah. I want to see four eyes on it. Yeah. But you gave, like, they give you like feet to turn around, too. Yeah. <laughs> Takes about a second. A lot easier just to turn around. Yeah. Whatever though, man. I mean, do your thing, you know. Sure, go ahead. And- I mean, Mother Nature, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, I don't have eyes in the back of my head, and anybody can be back there. What's going on? Come on. <laughs> What's going on back there? <laughs> Someone behind me. How entitled can you be? I know the so evolutionary the process. <laughs> yeah, that's what the millions that's of what eons the, of that's years. What the neck evolved for you, dipshit. The, the, the caloric demands of two extra eyes. Somebody could poke you in theirs. Yeah. Tell that to uh, well, the fish that forgets everything like a second later. I mean, I don't. Th- it's. It's. I don't think it's a, a, a necessary literal thing. He Lawson has shows almost no uh, predilection <laughs> for um, comedy. Uh huh. His entire life. This is except hard. for one thing. <laughs> but this, you know. So, but he also writes. The ordinary, to ordinary mortal, the future has no meaning whatsoever. As far as he concerned, it is a total blank. To study the future is a ridiculous undertaking. There is nothing there that has not been seen. How could there be? Will the people of the future fly? Silly, too foolish to answer. How can they, when they have never done it before? Uh, and then he, he compares this to uh, the, the, the progressive version of the ordinary man, which he calls the dreamer. And the dreamer is uh, the individual who is capable of expanding his mind to the point where he sees things not yet observed by others. Yes. Because he's well, got uh, eyes in the back of his head. And the front. Part of that thing, too, and it's a, it's a story I tell a lot, um, but it's like a thing of, um, you know, I tell you this story of my, my grandfather talking about the two guys by the fence. And they're, oh. and they're talking about the advent of, like, television. Oh, yeah. oh, no. And the one guy goes, um, he goes, they got a thing now, a control, you know, something that's happening somewhere else. And the other guy goes, oh, that can't be right. <laughs> and, but, I mean, but, I mean, the, but, but the thing is, is that that is not, like, you know, the, uh, the unevolved man, necessarily, as it is. Everybody was always coming through town telling you that they had a new miracle. Yes. For the last yes. 50 years of the hucksterism of the spiritualism yes. and faux science and all that shit. And they would just be like, somebody would be like, oh, I heard they, you know, you can talk to your dead wife now. And people would be like, oh, that's cool. You know, but then you're like, oh, it's all bullshit. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. So anyway. Do, no. do I have to? <laughs> 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 Good question. Mm. <laughs> uh, he also, uh, uh, in, in 1911, he makes the following predictions of um, the uh, of what will happen with planes. The plane of the future. He They're going to crash, some of them. As to what I believe will come to pass within the next 10 years, the flying machine will be able to ascend to a distance, i.e. altitude, of over 10 miles. 
The flying machine will be able to stay in the air for more than five days at a stretch. The flying machine will be constructed to carry more than 50 people. The flying machine will be made capable of crossing the Atlantic Pacific Ocean. The flying machine will have acquired a speed of more than 200 miles per hour. It's close on a lot of that. I mean, I don't know how many of those happened within 10 years. No, 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 no. Um, but it goes pretty fast with aviation. Yeah. It, it goes it's kind of the idea. Point. It's about moving things around. <laughs> but I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. God damn it. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a big student in aeronomics. <laughs> I love I got my aer- <laughs> I can't believe I flunked out of aeronomics. <laughs> Bro, I had to take advanced remedial aeronometry. How many different voices have we given this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they all make sense for what you're saying at the time. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, uh, Lawson, uh, he he writes, uh, when man gets out of his economic rut, he is at present and becomes more unselfish and thinks less of his own stomach than he does now. He will devote much time to the study of universal laws, and to to do this successfully, he will have to, and this is all in caps, to get off the earth. Mm. You gotta get off the earth. They loved using the all caps. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think they had italics on the the you know typewriters, you know. So yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was also especially in uh you know the bullshitty type things, um, which is kind of like think and grow rich. Think and grow rich, like every other sentence is is in caps. It's, well, you have to shout at these people. <laughs> you have to you have to look at your goals <laughs> and you have to do them. <laughs> it's like. You gotta think that it'll work. Get it through your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, uh, in, uh, in in 1910, the issue of, of aircraft, he predicts that the time will come when one human brain will direct, direct the whole aeronautical machinery in all parts of the world. One human brain? Yes. Like fucking Dune. <laughs> Man, there's no computers. We got these people that yeah. hook them up. But we got it. Yeah. <laughs> No crashes anymore since we hooked up the hive brain. <laughs> Steve, how are you going up there? Don't fall asleep, Steve. Don't talk to me. I'm busy. <laughs> oh, <Shit>. God. <laughs> Lost one. Well. Worst thing you can do is show Steve your tits. <laughs> we had about three crashes that day. Best thing you can do is show me. <laughs> I'll tell Steve later. <laughs> I'll describe it. I mean, he loves the fucking thing. <laughs> me? Not for me, but I'll tell him. Now, uh, in the mind, in the spirit of born again, uh, in uh, uh, Lawson writes that in the year 2000. In the year 2000. So he's writing this in 1913. And I'm sorry, I mean the year 3000. Oh. Oh. He describes. He describes that by then, because of air travel, there will be two distinctive types of human beings. Nice. The Altaman. And the ground man. Ah. The alti man will be born and live his whole life at the very top of the atmosphere. will never go below a certain depth, while the ground man will live upon the crust of the earth at the bottom of the atmospheric sea, like a crab or an oyster, and will never go above a certain height. Ah. Uh. Bottom feeders. They're <laughs> yeah. washed. Yes. But the alti man will be superhuman. Because mm-hmm. he's so uh, in the air. Yeah, well, I mean, he lives. I mean, I'm up being here, up there is the that's where city of best. That's the place to be, right? Where there's no oxygen. Yeah, so you can't think. <laughs> what the fuck is he talking about? They're pumping it in from down below. Yeah, they're uh-huh. stealing it. It's like Vegas. <laughs> in truth, what happened is, uh, you know, in in the future there would be uh, like m- multiple types of men. You know, 
Like hot and ugly? Or? No, like oh. like ones with uh, vaginas and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you never saw that. Yeah. You never saw that coming. Yeah. Right, so I spent all this time in planes. There's going two types of anything? Yeah, come on. You binary two bastard. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Get real. What are you talking about? <laughs> Born again. Fucking bigot. <laughs> now, uh, you can see some similarities between that idea and and, and born again. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure, some similarities with the uh, the, the, sa- the sage. Yeah, yeah, the sage man. And then the thinking of that idea of uh, the 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 intellectual superior who will save humanity. Mm-hmm. Oh God, such a dangerous idea. It's such a amazing, <laughs> stupid idea. Now. Uh, <clears throat> Henry writes because uh, Henry is he's talking about why why get into aeronautics why get into this aeronautics shit uh, uh, after writing Born Again and after doing the baseball flying is cool it is pretty fucking cool yeah but uh, much in the same way of doing the utopian novel Henry writes that in the, if the cause of humanity's moral reform could be advanced by the progress of aeronautics and if the progress of aeronautics entailed both actions by dreamers and quote great men. Then Lawson had all the legitimation he could possibly want for the pursuit of exalted ambitions. So that saying, means he's got a big line of bullshit. Well, that Lawson is saying, well, in order for me to to create this utopian society, it, it well, I see planes as the as the way to do it. All right, and therefore I will advance planes. And also, hey, you know, it's what's that what's that Newt Gingrich thing where like Newt Gingrich's goals were like, uh, and to like he's like half like I'll just he throws out like. Oh, I want to, you know, uh, teach people about the new ideas of the world and also maybe lead them. Who said that? Newt Gingrich. Oh, God. Yeah. No, it's a thing where now that I'm thinking about it, I go like Aircraft Magazine. Is that Mm -hmm. what the the New York one was called? Uh, Yes. So it would be like if that was the authentic Aircraft Magazine, it would be like, hey, man, fucking uh, Wilbur here. Uh, We almost fucking died. It sucked. And uh, we figured out this thing. We made bikes. We, you know? we, yeah, we figured out this thing with the engine, but blah, blah, blah. But instead, mm-hmm. this guy just goes, a couple of people have done something I had nothing to do with, mm-hmm. and I'm going to launch pad off that, mm-hmm. and then go into basically like sci-fi territory with diatribes about the future yeah. of aviation. Yes. It's and, you know, it, there's it's it's not too far off from being inspired by them. It's not yes. too far off from EC Comics either. No, exactly. It is. It's it's right in in between there. Right, and well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, but but it is a thing where you go like, people would think things in print are just like you know. Oh, oh I, gospel. I, right. I read it, so yeah. it's true. You know. Right. Well, I, I mean, it's interesting you bring up that point, John. <laughs> See what's funny. You so <laughs> so Lawson, after running this magazine, um, he come becomes kind of the guy to go to for aviation knowledge. And also to he 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 grows this network of people who know about this stuff because he does print articles by other people. Uh, Alfred Lawson, I'm required by the state of New York to tell you that Alfred Lawson is not a licensed aeronautics. <laughs> yeah. He's merely an aeronomics enthusiast. Enthusiast, yeah. And, well, it, well, they're entitled to their opinion. <laughs> so, but he, but no one at the, at this time he has done more than than anybody else seemingly uh, to promote and discuss. Aviation. The National Press Association publish, publishes his glossary of aviation terms. He coins the term airplane. No shit. Fuck. In England, they say aeroplane. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
You throw an E in it always. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fucking assholes. And so in 19... 19- Riding on its <laughs> tires with a Y. <laughs> in 1913, he learns to fly. Huh. And then he buys an airboat and flies from his home in New Jersey to his office in New York City. What's an airboat? It's a boat that lands on water. Oh, so one of those seaplanes. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's an airplane that lands on water. It's a seaplane. <laughs> yes. Airboat, yes. seaplane. Back then. He didn't coin the term seaplane. Yeah, well, nobody's perfect. Yeah, he's stuck on the air stuff. And he flies into New York. He's the second ever airplane commuter in New York, but the first to ever fly himself in. The other guy has some other. Guy. Oh, wow. Cool. And, and he would wear this, uh, this nifty, you know, leather outfit because that was the only way... Pilot's dress like made then. by Louis Vuitton. What is that? What is that wonderful pattern work? Oh yeah. Oh no no. That's just the, the picture. Wild. Resolution. Yeah. It's like a big leather daddy, huh? Well, you know the the wind is cold in those things. And they all have open cockpits. Yeah, you got to wear a leather jacket when you ride a bike, a motorcycle, or something. Yeah, like that. But it looks very World War One ish. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's 1913. It'd be coming up. There you go. Yeah. And uh, when the U.S. joins World War One, Lawson writes up a proposal to expand the U.S. plane manufacturing. And uh, say he said, someone should be appointed the Air Generalissimo. Uh, you can only guess who he guessed, who he recommended. Uh, but he also draws up a series of, of flat-top boats stationed at intervals across the Atlantic. Aircraft carriers. So planes could wow. fly from one to the other, and they could make it, they could come right out of the factory. Instead of being shipped, they could fly themselves to Europe. Huh. Uh, he said he could do it in four months. <laughs> and he opens a factory in Green Bay, hires a, a man who is regarded as an excellent engineer, uh, named Vincent Bernelli, who does a lot of the engineering work, the the, the thinking, or uh, the doing, the, not the Italian fella, uh, no, Italian American. No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Shut up, you idiot! What? Uh, the, the only issue is that uh, it, so the U.S. government plans to buy a hundred thousand planes. Uh, and then the war ends, so they <laughs> don't. Oh God! And now he's stuck in Wisconsin. Yeah, but uh, you know that that uh, the 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 U.S. Uh, well, I guess it would be the Army at that time. They eventually did copy his plan of the hop skip mm-hmm. uh, way to get across the Atlantic. Oh yeah. So so the people had you know Lindbergh is the first nonstop, right? But there had been planes using this method, right? Um. And so with this contract dead, uh, Lawson lays off uh, these factory workers he, and uh, goes around looking for funding for um, uh, his new plan, which is a passenger airline service. First, it'd be regional, you know, a little Midwest stuff, then national. And uh, he he gets funding from, uh, ironically enough, a bunch of uh, uh, a bunch of people in Milwaukee, a lot of them flat earthers who uh, who give him one hundred thousand dollars. Because he promises to turn Milwaukee into the Detroit of the air. How the fuck are you going to do that? It's down there. <laughs> no, there is. There is. Meaning like, the, like the the, the, Milwaukee th- would be making planes like Detroit made cars. Oh, I thought he was saying he was going to fucking float the city. <laughs> this guy would <laughs> say that. He would say that. Absolutely would. And he might have later. Yes, that is true. That is, <laughs> that is, yes. You're not wrong. Later, they would just get high on Miller Lite, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good beer. And Union, Union made. made. So his Matt's chugging it. Uh, he does. So he gets this funding. They were drinking the Beast, Milwaukee's Back Beast. Then, yeah. Uh, he he uh, he gets this funding, hundred thousand dollars, and five months later, he has the components built, and it's brought to a Milwaukee fairground for assembly. It's a five mile journey. Uh, it takes two days. 
being pulled by brewery horses. <laughs> oh, like the Anheuser Busch Classic <laughs> yeah, Ales. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool Super Bowl commercial. It's a fifty foot fuselage. That's uh It's big. Ninety five foot wings. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. The wingspan is ninety five feet mm-hmm. and the fuselage is fifty. Mm-hmm. Capable of carrying 16 passengers and two crew. If you push the seats in, you could carry 26 people if they weren't sitting down. Largest non-military plane never built at the time. Mm. Um, here's a little, here's a little description. <clears throat> it's a big plane. That's gigantic. It's huge. It's all discombobulated with the wings. They're so big. <laughs> uh, here is uh, uh, here is a picture. Of it. Did it have a name? The Spruce Moose. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the ch- <laughs> I chode load. Because <laughs> its wings are fatter than it is long, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, wow. It would, it would later be called the ship, or Lawson would call it the ship that made Milwaukee famous. Um, but uh, I, I don't find a name on it. But here's, uh, here's a little picture of it. I, I didn't take a picture of it. That's it, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. It looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. But it, like, it's hard to get the scale of it in the oh, okay. picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just looks like your standard biplane. Right. But, but it looks I'm, like it's got you know a, a covered yeah. uh, whatever. But imagine those ninety-five foot wings, right? Ninety-five foot. That's pretty nice. Fucking huge. Yeah. And is uh, they 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 build it? They have it dragged to this uh, fairground, and uh, you know by, next, ho- by horse by horse, which is you know what a what a dichotomy of it. Yeah. Uh, but the next thing they need is a pilot. And uh, and the rule, Lawson has trouble finding pilots because his rule is that I will run the engines. You fly the plane. Oh. So he's the one that puts pushing the throttle, throttle around, and this guy's got to just steer. Stick the stick. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, you point, and I'll, I'll go fuck around with wrenches while this thing falls apart. Yeah. Yeah, he's R2. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> but they eventually get, uh, this guy is perfect uh, candidate to... Uh, a former RAF man, um, named Cox, Royal Air Force guy. I had a piss named right for him. And uh, 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 yeah. you know some some uh, eccentricities about this man. He's a he's a small man, 110 pounds, a ballroom dancer, ah. professional professional ballroom dancer. Wears fancy clothes, also kids gloves, and has very little <laughs> knowledge of the planes he flew for the RAF. Okay. I'm a dancer. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, man. I'm da- I'm a dancer, damn it. <laughs> well, here's what I do. I zig yeah, and no, I zag I, and I, I spiral do the, I for do the one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Farsi. Here's what I go. Up, down. You handle the Y'all engines. Y'all pitch, roll, and drag. These are all dance terms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you know how to dance, damn it, you know how to fly. Simple. <laughs> it's a tango of the wind. That's right. <laughs> And you're my partner. <laughs> All 26 of you standing up. <laughs> it's a conga line. Let's go. <laughs> shake, shake, shake. <laughs> We're going down. <laughs> so Lawson and uh, Bernelli, the engineer, and uh, Cox, the, the pilot, and maybe another person. I think there's a mechanic with him. Um, Hopefully, they get on the they get on the uh, the, the the plane uh, 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 and they start the engines, and the mayor of Milwaukee then announces to the crowd the, that has shown up. He said, uh, "This will just be a test of the engines. They'll just do a little lap, put a taxi around the runway, 
Because that is what Lawson had told him. Mm. Uh, instead, before the, the engines had finished warming up, Lawson throttles the plane fully up. It begins rushing towards this forest at the end of the runway. Oh, God. And he tells Cox, steer for those trees and clear them by 50 feet. Oh, my God. What happens? And it did. Yay! Whoa! Real Captain James T. Kirk-style bravado there. Very. Real showman. Very. Yes. These people came out to see us taxi around the runway. <laughs> We're going to blow their fucking skirts up. Damn it, Lawson, you must be mad. <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> and Bernelli. He's is here. He's the motherfucking cry. I'm going to die in the sky. <laughs> Just like my mom always say. <laughs> the light went out. It did. Uh, we will take a break, and I will tell you what happened on this flight. Okay. All right. We'll be right back, folks. And we're back. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So this this trip, uh, mm -hmm. uh, he does he does this. Uh, uh, Star Wars type uh, takeoff. Yes. Steer for the trees and clear them by 50 feet. And that's an order. Yes. It's got to be cinematic, baby. And they, they do it. Uh, and they're up in the air. And you can only imagine the, the relief of not um, crashing into the forest. Yes. And uh, so... In a plane made of old T-shirts and popsicle sticks. Well, so, the, so <clears throat> one, of the, one of the interesting things about Lawson's planes, unlike... Because they had this closed fuselage, mm -hmm. and they also had um, a uh, they had a closed cockpit, and one of the first to do that, pilots hated. Pilot, no pilots. A lot of that was one also one of the reasons why he had trouble finding a pilot because they didn't want to fly yeah. in a closed cockpit. I want to walk around and stuff. <laughs> yeah. What are they talking about? Yeah, pilots whatever. hate this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, inside the plane, all of the wires were hidden. Were hidden behind wood panels, hmm. so so they could have passengers without having them like rummaging what around is? in the guts of the yeah, plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was it was uh, very modern in that in that sense. Uh, right. I mean, more modern than most planes back then. Uh, but uh, they didn't have like seatbelts or anything. Seatbelts aren't doing anything if you're crashing into a forest, man. Not a forest, but seatbelts will become important shortly. Hopefully. So, they get up in the air, and they spend the next 20 minutes just dazzling the whole city by, there's the, there's a thing up there. Yeah, yeah. They're flying around. Look around, at us go, baby. Yeah. And they're flying around Milwaukee for 20 minutes, uh, and then they run out of fuel. Oh, God. And uh, they oh, like bush light, <laughs> the beast, <laughs> the beast. Yeah. And they can because no, they were so excited. Uh, no one was probably paying attention to the the few the 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 ga the, the fuel the gauge, the, the yeah. Gauge. And uh, they're forced to land in a pasture, and they land. All four wheels immediately blow out upon hitting the ground. Oh. But the plane survives. And there's just a whole rush of 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 people, and I think there's a, a fire engine shows up because someone thought there was a giant, you know, explosion or something. A yeah. farmer rushes out, and he's like, "Oh, what are you doing here? Say, are you angels? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and um, you an alien? And Lawson you know, steps out, and they all survive, and uh, it's a total success. 
the plane stays the plane stays there for a few days. Uh, they refuel it. They get the tires replaced, and they take off again. And uh, this time, ten minutes into the trip, Lawson tells Cox, the pilot, "We're going to Chicago. Do a loop." No one, uh, yeah, <laughs> no one. There's there's been no discussion among the other people there that they're going to Chicago. Make it so. No one. Uh, I assume there was a compass, so they had an idea of where to go, or maybe they're just judging by the landmarks. You can probably see it. You know, there's a lake. So follow, they, follow the you're lake. You're flying 50 feet off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you're flying 50 feet off. Follow the trail of ceviche. No, they, they, clear, they, they cleared the trees by 50 right, feet. So, so 60 feet, feet off the ground. 70 feet off the ground, yeah. your, your, your horses that towed you there are going faster than me. <laughs> uh, this time they head to Chicago. There they landed a field on purpose. And then basking, all of these reporters show up, um, and Lawson, as uh, it seems to be the case many times uh, at this point, basking in the attention, then announces, unbeknownst to, again, the entire crew, that now they're flying to New York City. Jesus Christ. New York City? And, you know, like, you know, no one had to change of clothes. They're all just, they probably smell like shit. Uh. I mean, how long did it take to get to fucking Chicago? For well, there was, there is that. Probably so, eight hours. So they're 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 Maybe. not they're not going that far each time because yeah. if they're running out of fuel after twenty minutes, yeah, how, you know and, how, and how New York is uh, uh, far more than far, a twenty yeah, yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. to now, it takes about three hours. Next stop, New York City. No, about two and a half hours from, from Chicago, Chicago. Two hours. Yeah, I'd say the Well, yeah, time. if you're flying out of O'Hare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Midway Airport. So you've never been to O'Hare once in your life, have you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Probably. There's, there's also it's Midway, a right? Yeah, Midway is the other one. See? It's a connecting place if you want to go east. Bullshit. Now, what you want to do is fly in LaGuardia. Do you think that anybody told them that? Never did it one time ever, whole time in New York. No, I hate flying into every airport in New York because I'm still an hour away from anybody in New York. Yeah. And it's a pain in the ass to then. Well, you, well, you get a what are you talking about? Like in Manhattan, Brooklyn. Oh, hmm. I mean, JFK's is like in Queens. Still. Oh. Well, I mean, it's traffic, man. Come on, <laughs> people want to live there. There's <laughs> <laughs> just some web shooters, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Helicopter. Fair. Okay, you're not wrong. I know, I, but you're not right. No. <laughs> <laughs> so over the next three months. They would uh, travel round trip from Milwaukee ten, to 10 different cities. They would cover 2,000 miles. At every stop, they were front page news. And, uh, and every time Lawson got enough attention from people in the city, he would say, uh, I want to have 100 planes in the air by next spring. And he drew All up, doing loops. He drew up this map. Loop the loops. He drew up this map, um, which I didn't take a picture. Barrel rolls. Oh, and so, so like, you know, for instance, he lands in Dayton, right? And in Dayton, uh, the, the Dayton Magazine has uh, this j- cover story for him of Lawson's idea of, of passenger air service. Oh, it looks like a trolley car. Oh, with windows and, and shit. Like, yeah. yeah, with a wing. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Well, he's not that far off, man. Yeah, it's basically like that now. What? <laughs> they got windows. Well, yeah, we, yeah, windows happened, but not like full, like, like ceiling to fucking floor. Well, it's not going to work at such high altitudes in modern airplanes. Of course it's not. But back then, it possibly could have. But also, also before you, climate you, change or something. <laughs> before the before the alti man. Uh, but you have to imagine, like he, 
the idea of sleeping on a plane, uh, they're using uh, already the idea of what they had for trains back right. then. Right. Yeah, we're so. putting a train in the air. Yeah, they're not rethinking the sleeping car. They're rethinking where the sleeping is done. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would eventually happen. I was really hoping you were going to say they're re-sleeping the thinking <laughs> That's mm-hmm. That would have been great. The re-sleepinator. <laughs> and uh, lot, every time Lawson landed in a big enough city, had enough attention, he would say, you know, maybe we could uh, build these planes in your city. Mm-hmm. Oh, monorail. Yeah. And yes, monorail. Yes. So I built cities from the ground up with baseball teams that failed. <laughs> I could build a better league I in my build, sleep. I could build a failure anywhere you want it. And uh, and so he would uh, he was getting investors at every stop. And what he does is smartly he sends publicity agents to New York City. So before he even gets there, they're all primed, ready for this plane to show up. Crowds are huge. He gets a huge reception, and then he says, uh, "We're on our way to Washington D.C." And with the help of Ohio Senator Warren G. Harding, mm. whoa. Lawson arranges a, a tour of his plane for a group of government folks, including a, a U.S. general, Warren G. Harding, a secretary of war and his family, and also a reverend. And uh, it's just Lawson and them. And uh, he's shown them around the plane. And uh, I think maybe there's a, 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 maybe a mechanic with him. And Lawson uh, gets, you can imagine, caught up in the excitement. You boys want to go to Mexico? Yeah. <laughs> and he... Orders the doors closed, and he starts the engines. No fucking way! And this he, is, I like this. And he takes lot. off again before the plane's even warmed up. <laughs> he it. just starts it and goes. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a car today, uh, like I, my car, in order, it's my my car is twenty two years old. In order for it to run well, I gotta let it sit around for three or four minutes. And that's with modern technology, fuel injection. Yeah, uh, it's just something system. you like doing too. No, I hate it because it's just fumes. I just... think you have like old man affectations. You do just On- pee. honestly. I think he's right, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. I like it. I'm right go out there and let the car warm up before I go to. The... Well, it's yeah. also got like you know, Boston, Western, Western Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, you know, in the, the winter. You know? Yeah, that's true. Just, that's happening. true. But also, like, you, you can hear I come the car from there too. But it's the right. Yeah, but you're not a driving town. The fuck are you talking about? New York. I mean, it was the suburbs, man. We all were driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's colder. It seems like it was colder where he was. No, dude, it was. I mean, yeah, it, it was, but also it was brutal. It's, it's all the, brutal. the winter it's was all brutal. brutal to me. It was. It was really brutal. Uh, I, I, but you can hear the difference in the car once you give it a few because it it has that moment where it revs up a bunch while it's still warming up, and then it settles. And so you're like, like hey, she's agreeable. <laughs> All she needed was a little TLC. <laughs> now she purrs like a kitten. See, now she's got the idea. Her name is Avalon. <laughs> All she needed was a few minutes to think about her options. <laughs> because of the implications. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How foreboding. Yeah, well, whatever. Fine. It's modern day. I feel like that's what Everyone's I mean. got a choice. Yeah, so you got to warm <laughs> the shit up. But this guy doesn't give a shit. No, he's just... Uh, he's like, sit down, Warren. Where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, get you want to be president, huh? Yeah, that'll happen. So it, 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 it's not warmed up. What, about become he, an asshole or something? He takes it down this field. There's no r- real runways back then. And uh, uh, oh, B- Bernelli's engineering, and uh, Lawson's piloting, and he just he takes it up into the air, and uh, he flies it around, and eventually the reverend... Is there is eventually is able to persuade him to please, please bring it down. Yes, 
And uh, you pray to me now. <laughs> <laughs> Up here, I'm, I'm God. God. <laughs> make, your fancy God make you do this, Reverend? Yeah. I bet you didn't know that Lawson could do this. <laughs> but <laughs> when he tries to bring it down, they discover that uh, the, the plane is bobbling all over the runway. Bobbing all over. Because it's too heavy. And they can't... Because of all these Washington fat cats. They can't stop it in time. <laughs> Is it because all the pork barrels... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to make barrels as a child. <laughs> and there's a, there's, a, there's a field of stumps at the end of the runway. Oh, which is not a good place for a plane. Stumpfield, Illinois, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Stumpfield, Ohio. And so he's later the Washington like mall or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he has to pull it up over the the stumps, and they get back up in the air, and then they almost stall. And Bernelli is just pumping the gas this whole <laughs> I don't time. Know what do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm a simple plumber. <laughs> <laughs> it's my brother Luigi. <laughs> a pumper. <laughs> Does so, anybody have like a little feather or a flute? <laughs> and so there's there's no seatbelts. This entire time it's doing all of this. People are just getting thrown around. Oh, oh that's awesome. Yeah. The Warren G. Mosh Pit. <laughs> dude, that's so sick. Warren G. The Warren G. Mosh Pit, dude. That's great. And so eventually, after this up and down, eventually after they almost stall, they come back. He does get it down and they stop. And the passengers crawl and stumble out. Everybody except for the three hundred pound senator who had passed out. Oh! And they had to they had to carry this. In I mean, being three hundred pounds back then is it's just, hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, yeah. you have to eat. You got to be a senator. Yes, huh? you got to yeah. be a senator, or or like a, a gangster or something. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. Did he Diamond say? Jim Brady. <laughs> 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 yes, fair. Thank you. <laughs> That's just a you know, cute little political commentary for you. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, the, the, the senator, I mean, the, the government officials involved were, were positive in their reviews. And in 1920, Congress passed a bill to allow private airlines to carry mail. Because Lawson saw this as a, as a, he's like, okay, well, I'll build planes that can have passengers mm. and then a ton of mail and I'll make a bunch of money from the government for carrying oh, yeah. mail around. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and as they're flying around, uh, they're flying on their way back. In Toledo, they try to land in a park, but the entire park was littered with the bandstands from the Jack Dempsey fight the night before. Oh, oh my shit. God. So they you, fucking love Ohio, don't they? Well, the you Midwest. Fly anywhere. Midwest, Midwest, yeah. yeah. Well, it's also uh, the, the Wright brothers, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, but, he, but he's, you know, he's a Midwest guy. He and would, also Ohio at the time was like the, the Erie Canal and all that. Right, it was, it was like, the West. Yeah, right. True. A big deal. Even though oh. the Transcontinental Railroad connected the two, but... Yeah, it was still, still the main... Up. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they try, In Syracuse, they um, Lawson cuts the engines too soon, and the plane lands in a cabbage patch in front of the runway, and then it rolls into a ditch, and all the passengers, or everybody on the plane, which is really just those f- four or five guys, they're all thrown against the cabin. Damn. This, uh, and, uh, and then they came up with belts. <laughs> yeah, nope. Uh, on their way uh, back, on their way to Dayton, uh, the army that day had canceled all of their flights because the weather was terrible. But Lawson, every time he promised these these flights around the U.S., he said, "Even weather won't stop us." Damn, dude, bad fucking call. And uh, so uh, he decides that they're going to fly. The army canceled. No, it doesn't matter. We're going to fly. Uh, they hit terrible turbulence. They run out of gas with no idea of their location. Oh my God. Lawson sees a river and he says, 
aha, that's the Ohio. Cox, you follow that. And, uh, and when they land in a farmer's field, they discover is the, actually the uh, Monongahela, and they're in Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. And uh, they destroy this farmer's field. But Lawson talks him into investing into the company. Jesus Christ. Dude, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, fuck your fucking turnips, man. I just brought you a gift. <laughs> <laughs> gift of the future. Come check this shit out. Yeah. Lock the doors. <laughs> no, so after they land in this field, the plane, uh, it can't... Uh, uh, it can't take off from this field. There's just not enough room. So the whole thing is taken apart and then shipped to Dayton. Jesus, what a fucking nightmare. Where they rebuild it, and he flies back to Milwaukee and receives a hero's welcome when he gets there for this this this, this round-trip tour. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, also in Washington, D.C., I should add, uh, when they were in Washington, D.C., they learned that their pilot, uh, Mr. Cox, had indeed served in the RAF. Oh, but not in the capacity he stated. Uh huh. He was a second lieutenant who had never flown in the war and had, had only eight hours of flight experience when they when they signed up. When that signed is up. fucking that's incredible. Right. That's one of my favorite. Like, because they found by the time they found out he had eight yeah. hour, he had more than eight hours. Yeah. He yeah, now yeah, had yeah. like he now had like twenty hours of flight experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, it's flight so easy. A lying Englishman can do it. Yeah. See, like, with, with the flying hobos, the thing that they were saying was, like, you know, uh, uh, it was, like, the prayer tour because their shit was falling apart. Yes. This, the prayers, are centered at nobody knows what they're doing, and they have all the money at their disposal. Yes. And they... they and, and more coming in. Yeah. And if they had died in that first takeoff, it... It would have been made perfect sense. Yes, but I guess <laughs> I mean, they just I, flew right into the trees. They, they must have known enough, I guess, because because also just well, the, pull up is the big the thing. size of the craft too. Though was like untested. It was, I mean, yes, it was a major achievement. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, no question, major achievement. Something like that had never a plane like that had never been flown before. Yeah, and a tour like this had never mm -hmm. really been done with a with a plane like this. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, so Lawson is now kind of huge. What year are we in now? This is the uh, 1920s, or 1920. Okay. Um, and, uh, he's being called the genius of the air. And like that Dayton magazine, uh, uh picture said, uh, coast to coast in 36 hours. You just have to Quick take little hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, it's uh, it's just uh, click your heels and you're right there in a day and a half. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, fifteen two-hour flights. Uh, <laughs> With an hour layover in between. <laughs> but you have to imagine that also. I mean, is that faster than a train? Then it's probably similar. Uh, uh it must have been a little. It is cooler. Uh, it's certainly yeah. cooler. Yes. <laughs> See fertile Iowa City. <laughs> <laughs> the adjectives you have to use change mm -hmm. when it's just it's fertile. It's, it, would, it depends on who you <laughs> depends on who you're selling the flight to. Newbile, Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> White Dayton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, now Lawson needs to get to. He wants he needs he wants financial backing because now he's got an idea for this uh, national air service that uh, that he's been planning, which is like part of the government. Which so uh, so or is it private? It's it's private, but it will 
have government carry contracts. mail. Yes, right, yes. be contracted by the government. Yes. And so he draws up this this giant map. That's the way to go. In of, and it's all based in uh, what looks like uh, Chicago, as you can see. Nice map. Mm-hmm. Of just this regional air, or national air service, uh, going around the United States. And um, he, he tells his financiers that the Lawson Airplane Company uh, has just received an order for 10 planes for $500,000. It's about $7.2 million today. Oh, what he doesn't tell his financiers is that the order was, uh, was made by the Lawson Airline Transportation Company. Mm-hmm. Another, his own company. Is, what? Yeah. I mean, How the show- fuck is that going? Not, I mean, he made it Not up. great. So he's just going to do it and hope somebody gets him? Yeah. Wow. Good for him, bro. <laughs> well, well, it's not that anybody's buying it. It's, it's they're, his, they're his planes. He just didn't tell his main company that it, the order was placed by his other fake company. Yeah. Right. And the other fake company doesn't have the money for that, mm-hmm. but they will... If they sell them, just somebody yeah, else. Exactly. Or they, right. get the, or they get enough contracts by the government. Yes. They're not trying to sell the planes. And, yeah, so part oh, of... they're just trying to show them off, you mean? No, they're going to use them to carry mail. Aha. Uh-huh. And so they're just hoping that... So, like, it's not to sell the planes. It is to get the contracts to move the mail and yes. then pay it off that way. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so there was, there was definitely, you know, the the... That in 1920, that contract goes that that bill passes in in Congress to allow private air or private companies to carry mail through the air. Yeah, but not females. Yeah, so that's definitely part the of his plan. Man's world up there, man. That's definitely part of his plan, and and so that part of that is you know he uses that to say, look, uh, we're gonna make we we have this money guaranteed from the government if once we get, build these planes that can carry mail, they're gonna carry passengers. And they're going to carry mail. You have guaranteed money for the mail. Obviously, the passengers will show up. How could they not? And so, it, you know, there's a whole system in place of like, okay, well, you know, we'll build these planes and we'll start flying. Start moving motherfuckers around. Every, every, yeah. As, as the world as plans. the law of the yeah, universe. The law, the law of the that's universe. That's all we're here to do, man. Let's just shuffle it up. But then months and months and months later, he still hasn't. Produced a plane, Ugh. and the financiers out of ten. Yeah, the financiers are starting to get antsy, and part of the problem is one that he relocated his factory because he, he always keeps trying to. Every time he gets a deal for like someone goes, hey, you could build a factory here, and he's like, this is a bigger city. I'll move my factory here. Right, and he keeps giving up on the place he already has, right, and the people he already already has. So he never it gets a chance to to. You know, have a constant factory. Yeah. And he's reneging on the promise. Say, yes. your, your town could be uh, uh, aviation See city. See you later, Duluth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. The Detroit of the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, not that. A.K.A. Uh, Detroit. <laughs> uh, but, but more than that, he had already given up on his the plane that he flew around with because he has started working on his next new plane. Uh-huh. And he said his original touring plane was underpowered, uh, he, so he wanted to add another engine, but he couldn't stop there, so he increases the wingspan and the fuselage. He wants to carry 24 passengers and the mail without having to move the seats around. Uh, he wants a cockpit that is separated from the cabin, 
Good. And the cockpit has a sliding overhead panel, so if the pilots want to, I mean, they can just Let fly in the open down. air. Like a Thelma and Louisa. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which is a... a, a sunroof in yeah. a plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. Which is, you know, what you want your pilot yeah, to you def- have. What yeah. you like to do is to get rid of that nice, smooth, <laughs> aerodynamic fuselage. Yeah. And open it up so the front catches all that good air. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And also so that the the, uh, the pilot can get, like, a... Uh, like a bird's beak in his eye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. Or, or, you know, water in in the cockpit is always... Yeah. Uh, he also added, wanted a second door in the back of the plane because every time they crash-landed, that their door jammed. Fuck! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the doors work too good. Uh, he also wanted the passenger section uh, to be able to be converted to sleeping quarters, and he also wanted a shower. Now, the plane could only carry 20 gallons of water, so only one person could use the shower. Lawson. Well, you know, if he wasn't on the plane, it yeah, could be. The Italian. It could be. If he wasn't on the plane, it could be you. Oh my God! He did the plumbing though. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> Lawson, you're really gonna like. <laughs> I know the pipes are green, but it's kind of like my thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Why do you keep your turtles? <laughs> Jesus, one of, like one of you like that's like twenty four passengers. You're like, all right, somebody stinks. Yeah, you, you know, we're figuring out who it is. Me. And, <laughs> and we're throwing you in the shower, right? As you can see through our huge glass windows, we're over. We're going to watch. <laughs> and we got a long way to New York. So listen, we're throwing somebody in the shower. So who stinks? Just stand up and go. <laughs> Early aviation was nuts. Yeah. And, uh, That's how they would do it. You know, yeah, and everybody will watch. Yeah, they throw peanuts at them. Yeah, yeah we still don't have yeah. a shower on planes. Yes, dude. Yes, they do. Well, not for us. I mean, no, no, no. But yeah. what do you mean us? For what, people, do you, what do you mean us? us? You like fellas? Yeah, no, 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 no not for fellas. Folk. No, I. Uh, it's just I, thing is gender, man. I'm going. I'm going. On, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> there are for nor- There are normal folks going somewhere in August. Oh. flying uh, business class international. Oh, oh say, which is not oh. first class, but no, no, no. for. For us, yes. it's first class. Yes. Oh, you better believe but it. First class international on airlines like, let's say, your Turkish Airlines or your Singapore mm. or your Philippine. The the true first class on international flights like that, they have showers. Yeah. Mm. And the pilot blows you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's not the other way around. It's not like that movie Airplane. <laughs> you don't have to blow the autopilot. <laughs> no, the no, autopilot no, no, no. blows you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that is like the movie Airplane, isn't it? No, no, no. She had to blow the autopilot. Oh, right. Mm. Um... Didn't he like movies about gladiators? Though? Yeah. He, well, the kid did. She didn't. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, those those, those first class and you find like Saudi Emirate, you know, Emirates. That's the one. Mm. Turkish Air, all that shit. It is the your part of your plane is like the size of this little room. Whoa. It's so stupid, but one day. <laughs> yeah. Comes with that human furniture, like in Sterling Green. Yeah. Damage, man. The fucking. <laughs> I love human furniture. And my, <laughs> my human furniture is on the fritz. My human bidet <laughs> is dry. <laughs> I won't tell you where the water spews out of. Me. Most of the time, it's clear. I'll let you figure that out. <laughs> human bidet. Yeah. I think he's just peeing in my butthole. <laughs> you wish. Well, I think he's peeing in that guy's butthole. I think he peed in that guy's butthole. <laughs> so uh, this new idea for uh, a plane, he does have a name. 
for it. It's called the Midnight Liner. Say. And uh, it's been a, it's, it's only been a, I mean, it's been a year since his whirlwind tour. Right? It's like, it's late. 1920, early 1921. Right. It's a year since this uh, this total success of crashing in farmland. No. <laughs> yes. And yeah. uh, this total success. <laughs> he got the farmer on board. Yeah, he did get the farmer on board. He said the investors started to get antsy. I'm thinking about this guy with this. <laughs> Well, this, I, I, this ruined whittling field. his con co- co- uh, corn corn cob pipe. I'm starting to get antsy. I don't know. I won't need I won't need cabbage anymore if this yeah. plane gets in the air. I also think too that like I, I'm just like surmising what I think is mm-hmm. uh, like it was like even though it was a grift of my auto company versus my my uh, a flight company, then it was still was like work. <laughs> yes, and so every time. He was moving the factory. It was still going for like a publicity thing. Yes. And then he just goes like, this whole thing's a big pain in the ass. He goes, I just need a new big publicity thing. Yes. Because now he's been hooked by that one first. Yes. It has no analogous analogous, uh, idea or or, or a story to anyone today working (laughs) in futuristic technology. Right, right, right. Who is tired of doing the work. Right, right, right. And Uh, then... Chastises people for not wanting to work. <laughs> not wanting to work. Yeah. She chastised me. <laughs> so uh, it's been it's been a a year since his tour. He has no planes out of the ten he said were ordered, um, and so he agrees that he will build this new one he has. Ugh. And uh, his financiers they say either you get it in the air, or we're done. And so Lawson uh, decides he, he's going to build a 300-foot runway behind the factory, and they'll take it off from there. And uh, the plane was too large to ship. Where's the factory now? you remember? Uh, I don't know. Um, the Midwest, somewhere. So, somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, it's not in Green Bay. It might still be in Milwaukee, but it might be in whatever town he wandered into. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just woke up. I mean, he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't drink, so he doesn't wake up drunk. He wakes up he, ambitious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, worse. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, I, I do. Uh, Bernelli writing in 1962 would say he didn't need alcohol to get high. His ego kept him floating in the clouds. Plus, we were literally floating in the clouds. If only the plane could run on the ego. Very <laughs> Bernelli also, but he also even in 1962 he did say uh, he did say uh, I knew he was a visionary, but I liked him. I knew he was a visionary, but I liked him. What's, yes. What's wrong about being a visionary? Well, uh, name some visionaries, and I'll tell you. Well, well, when we get to uh, uh, they're assholes. When we get when we get to the end of Laws's life, uh, I'll read the rest of what Brunelli wrote. <laughs> and in addition, to <laughs> a few more things. <laughs> Another thing. I mean, this guy didn't know aeronautics from economics, <laughs> <laughs> but I like him. I like him. Uh-huh. I like. So. Uh, terribly, just fully racist. No, no, this, no, 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 no. <laughs> just fucking. This midnight liner. It would hold uh, <laughs> twenty-five party people all night long. It it would hold. Uh, all right, so it hold way more passengers. And uh, it, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, read the uh, 
description from Henry of this. Read the scripture. Of, of, of this flight. I'm from the book of Lawson. And uh, this time he let the engines warm up. Nice. He must be losing a step or two. Uh, there was there was uh, very little wind. Uh, ideally, there would be some wind, you know, so the plane could use that to take off. And uh, the runway was too soft. Ugh. Muddy. And the plane wasn't moving fast enough uh, to take off. Shit. But the good news is that there was just a bunch of farmer's fields. You're very familiar with these at this point. And they got that good, solid cabbage patch ground. After after the runway, right? Uh, the bad news uh, is that... Because the, the, this was the field, they said just in case we, we don't have enough speed, we'll use the farmer's field. Yeah, fuck these people. What they didn't plan for was that it was the springtime, and that's when the farmers plow their fields. Uh, uh, and it's hard to, to, to pull a plane into the air when uh, there's it's, tilled soil. And <laughs> it's just it's hitting bumps along the way. Yeah. Now, uh, and uh, you know, if if the if the field was plowed in the right direction, they could have figured that out. Right, but it wasn't. No, it was plowed in east west, and they were heading north south. Speed bumps. And uh, I'm going to read to Henry now. Lawson was determined to fly. However, and ordered Wilcox to take the plane up. He finally got a, a real pilot, or a guy who wasn't a ballroom dancer. No, no, no offense to them. Mm. But it's still Cox in his name. <laughs> Good for him. That's true. That's true. He's very... Oh, he's very he's I don't have to want to learn an extra syllable. <laughs> Giving full lift to the elevator, the dutiful steerman got the plane's nose and wheels off the ground. Under the circumstances, getting the plane airborne was an achievement, but it was not a sufficient one. As the midnight liner slowly ascended, a farmhouse loomed ever closer ahead. It was apparent the plane was still not high enough to clear it. When, oh. when Wilcox, Wilcox bank left to avert collision, the left wing caught some tree branches, oh. which next put the plane into a collision with a telephone pole. Oh. Oh. Now carrying a wooden pole and entangled in wires with several hundred feet. With another several hundred feet, the plane had been dragged back down to earth. When it did, so did the right wing, which sp spun the plane in the opposite direction. Good God almighty. And the plane just, you know. You is, is there passengers or is it just the crew? It's just him and Wilcox. And, and Vincenzo. <laughs> and and uh, no, he, a random Italian man. They could even know. I, mean, I don't know. Uh, and that plane was no more. And uh, here's a here's a picture of 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 that uh, of of that crash. The debacle. Um, I should have taken a picture of this. I'll show you, Aaron. Oh my god, it's so big. It's huge. It's probably you know. In the notes underneath that picture, it's a, that you wrote in. Yeah. It says, "This thing looks like shit." <laughs> oh yeah, it's fucking massive, man. Yeah. It's, it's huge. Those wings are stupid. Yeah, yeah. And these are all biplane wings. It's not like it's like some. It's like a, like you know when a guy is like rolling a joint too big, where you're like, "Hey man, like that thing's gonna like." Dip. Let's just yeah. Let's it's just gonna stop. buckle under its own. Yeah, with it, like they're doing like, "Oh, I'm bracing it." Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna add like ten. Yeah, ten, ten wraps to it. Yeah, you're like you're like, what if we just didn't smoke? It? Yeah, how about yeah. we pack that bowl? Oh, <laughs> you roll fifteen normal size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, like the twelfth. The 20th puff of that is going to suck. Yeah, yeah. All that accumulated saliva. Yeah, yeah. mm. So that was uh, 
The end of the Midnight Liner. Yes. Great name, though. It really, I it really, really like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Anything Midnight is cool. Midnight Liner, yeah. baby. Midnight Blue. <laughs> midnight Sun. This baby goes coast to coast all night long. <laughs> 36 <laughs> hours. If you're just joining us, you're welcome. You're joining Midnight Liner. <laughs> Give us a call and tell us what you're wearing. Say, would you like to take a shower? <laughs> you can. <laughs> would you like to? Hey, maybe we save water. We only got 20 gallons. Maybe. Well, we I, could, guess, I guess if they, to lay, if they have to land. <laughs> Wait, what? Maybe we could do it together. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Save water. Hey. Yeah, probably the whole tilt would throw. But if they have to land every, like, two or three hours, that means, like, you just one person takes a shower every every time they're in the air and they fill it up again. Times. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it really. I, mean, I don't know why we don't do this now. Kind of ruins our whole golden shower thing. I think we were setting up. Well, say I'll give you a shower. Wait, who? I don't why? think we were going there at all. No, you weren't. But I wanted. To but why can't they? We could why, go there. Why I mean, can't they be pissed on? They can do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah they're in the air. It's Matt, a close, close Matt, fuselage. This is America. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's up in the air, it's still, it's still, it's still America, America, right? Technically, yeah. These borders go up. Technically. Uh, so, uh, so the midnight liner was dead, and uh, but Lawson wasn't done. Oh, no. He would patent the idea of the double-decker transportation, and this would cover planes, uh, trains, buses, boats, and trains. So he has the patent on those tour buses in London, England? Yes. He goes, dude. Whether he gets, he, he, goes, he didn't get anything from it. If there's people on top of people, I'm getting some <laughs> If there's people on top of people, I'm you getting You got the Altaman, you got the, ter- what are the <laughs> fucking normie man? Yeah, uh, the, the ordinary man. Yeah. 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 That's the the, the man. If we the, break it down. Yeah, I mean, one. Real yeah. simple. The here, Omega Boston. Man. Yeah. Hmm. The beta. <laughs> uh, and then he had an idea for his next plane. It was a 104-passenger, double-tiered plane with a dining car, showers, baths, sleeping berths, and room for 10,000 pounds of mail. This is something a fourth grader draws <laughs> in their trapper keeper. <laughs> And it's got a cutaway, like a P.T. Anderson movie, where it's like, this is where the, the milkshake water fountain is. Uh, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, but dude, he's gotten away with a lot. He's gotten away with a lot in a short period of time. It's got yes. a dining car? Uh, it has a, Or was that a, just using the parlance of the times? It No, it has a dining car. Very. Uh, it's kind of more of a stand. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a... It has uh, a dining table. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's, it's whatever that fucking... What's that news thing in the airport? With an H. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Is it uh, like Harper's News? Or whatever yes, it's called? yes, like, yes. Yeah, it's fucking thing and where you're like, like... They just sell like things, magazines oh, and candy. They just exist in the airport. Yeah. You're like, fuck. And it's a business? Uh, it would be a 100-foot oh, fuselage. A 200-foot wingspan. Nice. It would have 12 400-pound engines because he could only buy army. 12 400-pound? Yeah, he, he couldn't get the uh, the better ones from the army. He had to get so a bunch of to, cheap ones. Yeah, he had to get a bunch of cheap ones. Uh, and it would, fly, it would fly from New York to San Francisco in uh, 24 or 36 hours. It also or 36. It would also fuel in midair. No. It would be no. nonstop. Nah. This thing just keeps going, man. <laughs> 36 hours, it just keeps going. They, they didn't say if they would refuel the shower, just the, just the plane. Uh, this shower's pure gasoline. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, Looks like it's piss. <laughs> you witch. Don't worry, Lawson, we got it from here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll refuel the shower water. <laughs> 
Uh, this is <laughs> Mr. Lawson. The shower is nice and warm, but it smells like a piss. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of the shower with my mama. <laughs> Uh, uh, here's a, a How's your gout, dirtbag? <laughs> <laughs> I bet that athlete's gone away, hasn't it? Do the reading. I don't know. <laughs> uh, here's a here's a here's an artist. Here's an artist uh, design. Uh, this is from Scientific Age, January 1927. Uh, the super airliner, he called it. Zasa Sina Super Airliner? Oh, dude, it looks like shit. It looks like the inside <laughs> of the Titanic. <laughs> it kind of does. I'm just sleeping but, on but 15 be, be, cots. Before, before it sank. Dude, just take a fucking train. Good God almighty. What do you need yeah. to do that for? Take a train. You look like you're in prison. <laughs> 12, 1,400-pound, <laughs> I mean, 1,200-horsepower engines. Uh, that's too many engines. That's uh, yeah. That's not gonna. No, at, at man. Su- at some point, the the weight of the engines uh, it four, fucks with the four, power of the engines. Four four hundred pound engines. Twelve. Twelve four. I don't even yeah. know where you. And, and, and the, you know, the tail has an horsepower. on it. Yeah. <laughs> four hundred horsepower. <laughs> Twelve oh. four hundred horsepower engines. I and I don't know. That's why you have to make a two hundred feet. Uh, wingspan maybe so you could fit twelve engines. And so that you get enough. Lift. Are you saying yeah. engines? Engines. Jesus Are you Christ, saying it was God. powered by Jesus, Native Americans? No, no. They built this no. country, Matt. <laughs> On rock and roll. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Just. 12 engines. Jesus I Christ. don't fucking believe it. Was it an Agatha Christie novel? Come on. <laughs> I never read her stuff. <laughs> <laughs> read. So in 1927, he finishes the cabin and the fuselage. Uh, in 1928, he misses the deadline for the uh, project, and then uh, Ugh. so tense. 19- it's like uncut gems on like a career long level, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just the bullshit keeps coming. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I just need one I more got, thing. I got it all figured out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. He's just tied naked into the mailbag, like waiting <laughs> to pop out. <laughs> he delivers himself. Yeah. Deep <laughs> Surprise! You want a factory? Uh, uh, in 1929, he's completely out of the aviation industry. 1939. 1929. 29, sorry. But uh, a few years before that, Uh-oh. he publishes another n- novel. No. Uh-uh. And this one uh, would eventually be called Man Life. Mm. Oh, just, just us the boys up here in the, in the, the airliner. In the cockpit. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> Looks like the shower's out of water again. Who's up? <laughs> Who's up to refill it? Boys, fellas? Boys, fellas. fellas. Mario? <laughs> Wario. <laughs> the world at Wario. Now, this uh, aviation career mm. seems to follow a similar trajectory of his... Uh, Baseball career, hmm? would you say? Would you say? Uh, I think he's oh yeah, so he's hot for a minute, then he fizzles out hard. Yes, and, yes. Then, and then a series of uh, boasting about a, a series of co- a sequential failures. <laughs> yes. I'm one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time. <laughs> We're all gonna live in the skies. I want to be the god above. And so I, uh, I, I, I will ask you: uh, 
Uh, do you think this same pattern will, will follow the next thing that he dedicates his life to? Uh, the, uh, these books he writes, uh, Creation, Man Life. He discovers uh, oh? the uh, importance of, uh, m- uh, uh, he expands on the idea of, of movement. Mm. And uh, he discovers the uh, what he calls the laws of penetrability. Oh, now I think they differ from state to state. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the air. Why do you think I got a plane, buddy? <laughs> I would have spit up. A <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I got these planes, pal? Well, we're going. We don't have statutory <laughs> pubes. <laughs> we're going. We don't need. That's right. You said it. <laughs> pubes. God damn. So, do I think that it goes the same way? Uh, my guess is. Uh, maybe uh, he finally uh, excels at just being a full-time bullshitter. Mm. That's my guess. Mm. I want to read... Uh, it's my hunch. I, wanna, I, 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 I second that. I want to read... You uh, ditched the... May, if I may, I don't yes, mean to interrupt, yes. but I think I may, perhaps at this point he has learned to ditch the concrete physical part of the hucksterism which it's an anchor it's an anchor yeah just go (laughs) very good that's very good chaos is a ladder (laughs) and (laughs) if you want to really succeed and get up there promise them everything give them nothing nothing. Mm. don't bother with the giving them part it's holding you back pal the hopes yeah it's like it's selling people heaven they're not here to tell you if it works or not exactly that was the thing I remember Norm MacDonald said one time he goes at least the preacher has a product. <laughs> it's salvation. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like selling something. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I don't know how you can't think that's like a betrayal of your faith. <laughs> but, but also I was going like, well, let's keep it the money moving around. Yeah. And, that's, <laughs> yeah. and that's the important thing. You got to move shit, shit around. around. So I'm, I'm going to, uh, we're, we're going to, we're going to do a part two because that we, we take a very different turn. Uh, in this, uh, in the next, the rest of his life. But I want to leave you. Improv, right? I want to leave you with. <laughs> yes, and I want to leave you with uh, a, a line from Act Two of his. Uh, again, his that the thing childhood he wrote when play. he was seventy four. Yes. Um, About it, his own childhood. Yes. And it is. Uh, where's Alfred? And his brother says, he is in the bedrooms working on his pet hobby, penetrability. Mm. Where's the dog? <laughs> He's also <laughs> So uh we will we will we will return. We will Where's come Alfred? back. <laughs> He's in the bat cave. <laughs> working on penetrability. We're working on penetrability. <laughs> It's Master awesome. Wayne. Master Wayne. <laughs> I broke through. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was wondering. I was wondering. Well, well I suppose I'll take these uh, 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 glory holes and uh, uh, flashlights. I'll, uh, I'll take these portable glory holes like from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> well, I think now we know how Roger Rabbit was framed, don't we? <laughs> Pass the bat plug, Robin. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
All right, man, that's excellent. I'm really excited to see part two. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we're going to say goodnight. Uh, my name is John Fahey. My name's Aaron Pita. Never so. Good night, everybody. We love you. Good night. Star Bands Avenue, a podcast network.